So welcome to the Parent Talk podcast, The Primary Years, and it is great to be joined today by Madeleine Stanimiros and Rob Parsons. Welcome. Thank you. So as usual, we're looking at a scenario and uh, we're going to talk about it. And this one is about empathy. My daughter has started to have tantrums. They've literally come from nowhere. She used to be a quiet, placid little girl. Now, when she gets herself wound up, she shouts at me and her sister. She says things that she knows aren't acceptable. I've asked her to go to her room and calm down and she stomps up the stairs. I just don't know where this new personality has come from. Gosh, that's quite an issue, isn't it? What we think is our compliant, quiet children suddenly uh, becoming angry and frustrated or whatever. So, Madeline, what's going on there, do you think? Well, although it seems sudden, there's bound to be some form of a, of a build-up and now it's emerged at that, that point. And I always think that if they're stomping or they're shouting, what they're really saying is, hear me, you're not hearing me. So sometimes we have to unpack that a bit, don't we? I think, well, what, what's underlying this that's making them make all this noise? I, I think sometimes as, as, as parents, we find it hard to understand what really bothers our, our children because we look at them and think gosh their lives are so simple but actually their worries are just as large as our largest mm. worries it might be a teacher being a little bit nasty to them at school it might be a friend not including them in a game it might do you know my, my grandson's six absolutely true story i was with him the other day in the car and i'm driving and he suddenly sighed and he said you know what pops sometimes life's not fair but you just have to get on with it. <laughs> and he's six, and bless his heart, he's just like a, he's compliant, he's placid, but I, I can imagine little Harry occasionally having a little tantrum. And just as we do, when we snap back at somebody, we're allowed to, aren't we? We're allowed to do that. It's not socially acceptable, we have to moderate it, but you can understand kids doing it occasionally, and especially if they're doing what you say. Listen to me, hear me, mm-hmm. I have something deep in me that's bothering me. Mm-hmm. And it can be different over different issues, can't it? And I think, you know, most of us, I think, as parents have been in the supermarket queue with a child, you know, yeah. screaming because they want the chocolate, yogurt, or the, I don't know, sweets mm. or something or other. Yeah. And it's so embarrassing because it's all in public and you don't mm. quite know how to respond to that. There's that. And sometimes they're just having a paddy because they can't get their own way. Mm. But also very often it is what you were saying. I think this yeah. frustration, this listen to me, I need to be heard. There's something that's mm. bothering me and I, I don't know how to express it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's interesting that this has literally come out of the blue. This is not a girl who's normally throwing tantrums. She's not normally saying nasty things. But, but I think, as Madeline said earlier, something is going on in this child's life that, that, that's, that's bubbling up, isn't it? Mm. And, it, and, it, and it's, it's, it's come out in this way. Yeah. And like you say, I, I think their issues are big. They don't have the frame of reference that we've got to know that these are, they're going to have a good outcome in the end, or they might have. So to them, it's enormous. Mm. And I think so often we trivialise that. We say, oh, it'll be fine. Mm. I think that there could be something else going on here. Because this child is normally placid, one would think she's probably normally the compliant child. Imagine that she's got uh, brothers or sisters who are more testing, mm. who are constantly getting their parents' attention. Mm-hmm. The compliant, the placid child can sometimes resent that. Mm. And they notice from their brothers and sisters that when they misbehave, when they yell, when they scream, they get that attention. And so they try it mm. for exactly the reason uh, you, you mentioned. 
And another possibility, and there's been a lot in the news about this recently, is that increasingly younger children are incredibly worried, even about things like the state of the world. And mm. Esther Ransom was talking recently uh, on television. She talked about a children's newspaper that puts the news in perspective for kids. So they're not scared when they watch the news on television. And, and, and I think increasingly there's more going on in our, our kids' lives than we know. Mm. More worries. And we know, as a matter of fact, that mental health, uh, not just in teenagers, but in, in, in later uh, primary school kids, is something that to can be concerned about. I'm not saying it's this child, but it's something we have to at least, I think, uh, consider. Mm. So I think what we've got to convey to them is, I'm a safe place to bring your stuff. So they will practice on us. I am so sure they're watching us and thinking, are you going to be up for the task when the stakes get bigger? When I really have the big stuff, can I come to you? And they're not obviously thinking of that in the front of their mind, but somewhere in the back there, registering, they're getting a bank of experiences and they're thinking, can she handle it? Or is she going to go, you did what? Or yeah. no, oh, you'll be fine. Worst things happen at sea. You should have seen what happened to me this morning. I'll do that for you. I'll fix it. All those responses, they kind of have a kind, loving heart, but none of them say, that's tough, honey. How did that feel for you? And I think that's what they want to hear from us. I was just um, thinking of an example that um, my son went to one of those um, light parties and had a tattoo put on his hand which he absolutely loved on his arm came home went to bed got up in a panic tried to desperately rub it off and came downstairs and said oh we're not allowed tattoos at school so I went straight into solving mode big mistake and said um don't worry I'll come and talk to your teacher in the morning you know I will I will be your hero and so he agreed and off he went to bed and he got up the next morning he had a little post-it note he stuck on my pajamas and it said tattoo <laughs> my remark said all right that's to remind me isn't it that I'm to talk to your teacher yes he said I thought we'd resolved it you know I thought I had you know I was prepared to leave the country if we had to but <laughs> I hadn't listened. And so he sat down at breakfast and he said, Mommy, I just don't think you realise what a big deal this is. Yeah. And I realised, you know, I've done all the solving, but at no point have I said, how does that feel for you? And so I did, and he was able to say, well, I'm worried about walking through the corridor, and if another teacher spots it, then what? Oh. So it's about hearing their hearts. And then they move to resolve. They're very ready for that, but until we can kind of help them name an emotion, tell them it's, it's, it's valid, it's okay to have that emotion. They're not ready to resolve, and so we leapfrog over them and do it. And it's not helpful always, is it? I was a little older than this girl. In fact, I was 13. And my mother said to me, what's wrong with you? You're moping around, you've got a face down to your boots. Claire Tompkinson, the love of my heart, had just finished with me. Oh. And my mother said two things. Number one, there are more fish in the sea. I didn't want other fish, I wanted dolphin Claire. And secondly, she said to me, don't worry, we've got roly-poly, jam roly-poly for tea. So my heart's breaking, and here's my mother telling me, life's going to be all right. And that's, classic. that's the classic thing, isn't it? It is, yeah, it is. And then what they have to do is they have to send you the message louder and louder. Hear me, hear me, hear me. And then they're stomping up the stairs going, hear me. So we can the, cut through that. The point you made just a moment ago is fascinating. This is, we are a safe place. They can't yell and scream at their teacher. They can't even yell and scream at their friends often. But they can, and we are at least the safe place. Mm. Now, I'm not saying you've got to let them be rude and have tantrums every day. But, but you have to, again, realise that, in a sense, they're giving us a message, they're practicing on us, laying off emotion, aren't mm, they? Mm. So it is part of that. And maybe part of it is giving them that um, 
that emotional vocabulary as mm. well, uh, giving them the vocabulary to actually name an emotion, to be able to say, I'm feeling sad, I'm feeling frustrated, I'm feeling Absolutely. angry. And we yeah. might have to help them with that. Good point. But again, yeah. I think that's a really helpful thing to, mm. to grow up with giving our kids um, that ability to recognise, talk about emotions. Absolutely. I have a friend actually who has a son, or he's much, much older now, but he was quite an emotional child. They bought a punch bag and put it in the garage. When he was really feeling it, I said, you know, go and take it all out on the country and let it out. But she does ask an interesting question, you know, what does she do about that? And I think what I'd say, I'd say two things. I'd say in the first instance, scoop that child on your lap and just tell her, you know, this is a hard day. Just see what she does with that. And then when you've listened, when you've sent her the message, actually, I'm ready to really hear what your problem is. Then you can put some boundaries down around tantrums and say, look, sweetheart, I'm here for you. You only have to ask me. Or even say, mummy, you're not listening to me today. But if you're going to stomp up the stairs and scream, I, I probably will wait till you've calmed down a bit and then I'll come and see you. So you're not kind of saying it's OK to scream and shout, but you're saying on this occasion, perhaps I just haven't heard you. So we're teaching them appropriate response. We're not rewarding bad behaviour. Yes. And just absolutely. helping them work that through. I think that's really helpful. And growing ourselves, aren't we? Because we're also going, oh, hang on a sec. I've got to stop advising, stop, you know, consoling and putting out cherry cake or chocolate roly-poly, jam mm. roly-poly, and saying, OK, you've got an issue. Let's hear that. And what are the tantrums related to? Why do they happen? Do they happen because a sibling has taken a toy or do they come out of a clear blue sky? What makes us suddenly explode? We explode when we're deeply worried about something mm. and somebody asks us to do something trivial and we think, oh gosh, you've got trouble, you should know what I'm going yes. through. We explode when we feel taken for granted. We explode if we're not listened to eventually. So is this just a little selfish tantrum or is this more of what mm. you've said, Madeline? I cry for help and mm. I, I need to talk about something that's very deep in my heart. Mm. Mm. And changing our language is actually quite hard, isn't it? I was at school about six months ago and something had happened and one of the girls at school was walking with me and she said, oh, are you OK? And I said, oh, such and such. She said, it'll all be OK. I felt like going, oh, good, I had no idea. You know, <laughs> says who? And you learn, don't you? You learn who to share your stuff with and who not to share your stuff. And if we shut people down, if we shut our children down by going, oh, it'll all be okay, or that's nothing, they clock, they go, I'm not telling you my stuff, you're not safe. Absolutely. Some years ago, somebody gave me a great tip. I die at parties, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not great in parties. And he said, they use this little phrase when you're speaking to somebody, uh, tell me more. Mm. Tell me more. And I think with little like ones, that. tell me mm. more. My wife used to say when they were very small, kneel down, cup their heads mm. in your hand and look in their eyes. Greatest compliment you can pay somebody's look in their eyes mm. when they're... Tell me more. I like that. Tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> I've been cur being curious, isn't it? Yeah. Curious, asking the questions, inviting them yes. to... And say. giving them a posture, I think that's fantastic. Another thing, you know, when they come home from school, you say, so did such and such to me today, and instead of going, oh, well, just you know, pull up a chair. This feels like a big one. You know, give them a posture of, I'm, I'm all yours. I came across a little girl um, some time ago. I think I, I was writing my book, The 60 Minute Family, and it, somebody wrote me a letter on it. She said, when I was a little girl, we had in our kitchen the talking chair. 
and you could sit in that chair, and when you were in that chair, you were listened to. Oh, and she said, "As life, we'd love, we'd love a talking chair, Give me wouldn't one. we?" As we yeah, <laughs> get, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that idea of a safe place, that mm. wonderful thing. When I was in that chair, my mum, my dad would listen to me. This is a a special place. That's nice. Excellent. So I think that's been really, really helpful. So it's sort of looking at what's really going on, try and yeah. find out what's really going on for them mm. and where possible within the busyness of family life, giving them that, that attention mm. and saying, tell me more. That's and really helpful. And making their feelings valid and okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's fabulous. Catherine, what's that story you tell in, in your book about... Um, listening the little girl to what it was a story about our daughter and she was about five and she'd been to play at a friend's house and they'd seen this really exciting film and it involved all kinds of things there was a princess and a castle and a horse and all kinds of stuff and she wanted uh, to tell me about it and she was sitting next to me and uh, she started to tell me about it line by line moment <laughs> by moment and it was so boring and uh, I, there was a magazine next to me on the table that was much more interesting I had all these pictures of a nice tidy house I thought one day our house might be like that and I started looking at that and she said mummy you're not listening yeah. and I said darling I am listening and she said no you need to listen with your eyes Great and she was so right and I had completely disengaged and so yeah. on this if we can give them that eye contact I mean that I speaks that. volumes mm. as well it really you does know, we're so. talking about empathy aren't we today mm. and that's what empathy is about it's saying I am with you I can't go through all you are going through but so far as possible I want you to know heart beats with heart mm. we're together in mm. this Mm. Absolutely, mm. and it's really powerful. Okay. Brilliant. Well, guys, thank you so much. That's really, really helpful. And uh, if you have a scenario and you would like to write to us at Care for the Family and we talk about it on this podcast, then we'd be delighted to send you a copy of my book. If you forget everything else, remember this parenting in the primary years. So, thank you. You have been listening to the Parent Talk podcast for the primary years. For further information about our courses, resources and events, please visit us at careforthefamily.org.uk.